Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Late last week, India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi made a surprise announcement. His government is repealing three controversial farm laws at the center of mass protest in India. The farm worker led protests have been going on in India for more than a year, but the movement has also had support all over the world, including here in the Bay Area, where so many have a stake in what goes on in India. Last December, Devin Karayama talked with KQED's Lakshmi Sarah about the protests ripples here in the Bay and about the Sikh Americans with stakes in the farm workers' movement in India. So today, we're going to share that episode with you. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. For me, I am in sort of like constant communication with other people in other countries, but like it doesn't often happen that things that are happening elsewhere are so directly like also happening in the Bay Area. Lakshmi Sarah is a reporter for KQED. After some legislation was passed in September, farmers have basically started a massive protest. In various places. Uh, barricades and uh, blockades have been put up to thwart the farmer group from moving in. There you can see 
Uh, the police in riot gear with lathis also attempting to push back the farmers while the farmers are, are trying to push through. And they started in the state of Punjab and moved their way to the outskirts of New Delhi, the capital. And in India, they have been portrayed in the media as terrorists. So that is one of the reasons why people in California and in the Bay Area brought their protest to the Indian consulate. Let's take a step back and talk about what led to these protests in the Bay Area and around California and start with the basics. Can you give us a sense of India's farmer workforce up until this movement? 70% of rural households still depend primarily on agriculture for livelihood, but then also farmers make up over 60% of the Indian population. So it's a huge number of people and it's a huge number of uh, people that this that this legislation impacts as well. Farmers are against three new laws which allow private companies to buy directly from them. They say the changes will see the end of the government's guaranteed minimum price for their produce and leave them at the mercy of large corporations. Around half of India's... So all the protests have been sort of in response to this legislation that happened in September. It essentially privatizes certain aspects of farming and makes it more difficult to like get perhaps what a farmer should be paid. When we talk about farmers today, we also have to think about like what has been happening for the past few years in regards to um, how many farmers have been kind of squeezed to the edge. Um, and I think that's reflected most in the, the suicide rates for farmers. Over the last five years, farmer suicides in Punjab have increased by more than 12 times. It, it seems like uh, the point is that a huge number of Indian farmers have been suffering and it's getting worse. While at the same time, India's economy has been growing extremely quickly, right? Yeah. Over the last two months, these farmer protests have grown to millions of people. And it's also spread to other cities outside India. Here in the Bay, sick American youth organizations like the Chikara Movement put together a rally in San Francisco on December 5th. Thousands of people from all over California came to the Bay Area to show solidarity. Can you tell me a little bit about the people who showed up in the Bay to support protesters in India, starting with Samranjit? Samranjit Kinda is from Folsom, California, and one of the things he talks about is how his grandparents, his uncles and aunts, have all been going to the protests in India. I mean, my mom's brothers and sisters, my dad's side of the family that still lives in India, and Punjab mainly, um, they're all farmers, and what's happening is these bills are being passed where they can't sell privately, which is where they make all their money. And so they're trying to unionize. He's been pretty adamant and active, trying to do everything he can do to raise his voice and make a difference. We have now, and we are fighting parallel to our brothers and sisters and our uncles and aunts in India, just so we get what we need, our rights. And I mean, that's he also mentioned that he couldn't be in India right now. So the best like thing that he could do would be to raise his voice um, in the Bay Area and in order to like make his voice heard. It hurts us because my grandparents, my, my, my uncles and aunts, they're all going to these protests and their voices are not being heard by the media. And in 
Well, I also know that Semrinjit wasn't alone in this too, right? Like how many people across California and in the Bay Area are, are like So Chikara, which helped organize the protest a week ago last Saturday, uh, said that there were about 10,000 Sikh Californians who came out. And just to put that in like a broader context, there is roughly, uh, some people say 500,000 to 700,000 uh, Sikh Americans like, across the U.S., I know that in California, Sikh Americans specifically are central to the organizing that we saw. What's some of the history of Sikh Americans in the Bay and in California? Yeah, so Malika Kaur does a good job of sort of explaining this a bit more. Many of the 500,000 Sikhs who reside in the United States can trace their immediate families back to one state in India, Punjab. She is a lawyer and an author of a book uh, called Faith, Gender, and Activism in the Punjab Conflict, The Wheat Fields Still Whisper. And many can trace it to agrarian roots, many to conflict-era roots, which led to asylees and migrants in California. Many of them were on the Bay Bridge today, delaying your Saturday commute for sure, but standing in solidarity with millions sleeping on cold concrete outside New Delhi, worried that their farms, their lives will soon become even more desperate than before. Is there something she told you that that uh, has stuck with you or something that you think is extra significant to understanding why so many people showed up in the Bay Area to protest in support of farmers? I think there's like a, this historical connection to the land that she talks about, but then also connection to family and connection to livelihood. The intergenerational traumas are being loudly heard now, even by the youngest protesters camping outside in New Delhi today. It's funny because there is like such a direct connection between a lot of people. Like I could be like WhatsApping cousins and uncles and people in India right now from the Bay Area. But then there's also like a lot of people have have left there and are now here across California. So I think there's some very direct connections and then there's this historical connection. And so that's why we saw so many people show up about a little over a week ago to support the farmers in India. You could see like lines of cars. And that was also interesting because we had like big trucks as well as tractors. What I find interesting about that is like this idea of, of an emblem for, for, for the march. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the woman on the horse during the George Floyd protests in Oakland. And I saw, I just remember seeing that tractor. I think in the Bay Area, obviously, we know that like protests exist and we th see the signs and people are pretty creative with their protest signs. Um, the one of the signs I thought was particularly powerful was like a daughter of farm farmers sign. And now we're seeing this like next level of creativity with protest vehicles and like how we're like bringing people into it to pay attention. Do you know why these protesters decided to come to San Francisco specifically? 
So, I mean, the, there's very clearly the, um, the Indian consulate in San Francisco, which I think provides that sort of physical place to go and, and kind of show their opinion. I do think there's an interesting thing that happens with, um, I don't know, diaspora migrants, people who are like, quote unquote, made it to California, to the Bay Area, in that like, people in India might be looking at what's happening in California um, and seeing what is being covered and how people are protesting or not protesting. So this idea that a bunch of Indians all over California, Sikh Americans, Sikh Californians can bring attention to the world and also get India's attention by bringing their protest to San Francisco specifically. That's also something that Simranjit Kinda talked about. We're all American at the end of the day, and I can't go back and make a difference in India right now myself. What I can do is raise the voice and awareness to where it can make a difference. And I'm happy all my brothers and sisters are here doing the same. Do you know what the protesters are asking people here in the U.S. to do? Is there a specific call to action or something that they want? A couple of people talked about this idea of making sure that the voices are heard and sharing the information, so sharing on social media or keeping the government of India accountable. Malika Kaur also talked about calling elected officials and making sure that they keep the government of India accountable as well. Share their stories, share their voices on social media and with your local government representatives. We've seen too often here or there how protests can turn sideways with disastrous consequences. You can put to good use what you've learned this year about the importance of preserving the right to protest and conscientious citizen activism. You know, I'm curious for you, Lakshmi, because I know you worked in India for a little bit. What was it like for you to see the march happen? Were you surprised by it or? I was definitely surprised by the number of people, but it's pretty powerful to see what's happening in another country and see like social media, but then also see what's happening in the Bay Area. So it feels close to a certain extent. And I think that a, or a fair amount of people in the Bay Area have that sort of sense of things that are like, quote unquote, far away, which feel very close. Lakshmi, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. That was KQED's Lakshmi Sarah talking with Devin Karayama. This episode was produced by Alan Montecilio, Devin Karayama, Kiana Mokadam, and me. You can find The Bay on Twitter. We're at The Bay KQED. Feel free to leave us a little message if you feel so inclined. We always love hearing from you. I'm America Cruz Guevara. Talk to you next time. Hey, what's up? I'm America Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 